Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. Hey everybody, this is Bells, introducing an interview from Sanjay Sujanta Kumar with Josh Sargent, the Norwich City and U.S. men's national team striker who's been off to a blazing start this season. He, of course, as you all know, suffered an injury on Sunday. This was recorded before he had final word on how serious the injury was. It turns out it is pretty serious. Uh, Multiple ligaments in his ankle damaged and David Wagner saying that he will be out for, quote, months. We don't know exactly how long that will be. But uh, Josh was in crutches and he met Sanjay at a cafe in North City and talked about a lot of things that are interesting, even despite the injury. Hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Josh, thanks for coming on the pod. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Everyone wants to know, how are you feeling? Any update on the injury? Um, Appreciate you coming on, given the circumstances, but can you give us an update on that? Yeah, um, just kind of a freak thing that happened in the game. Um, obviously ended, landed on my ankle wrong, but not too sure about the specifics yet. It's a bit swollen. I have to wait for the swelling to go down before we can really assess it and figure out exactly what's going on. So has that type of thing ever happened to you where you, where you scored a goal and then gotten hurt and it's just like a weird mix of emotions? Well, the funny thing is everybody thinks it's when the keeper landed on me when I got hurt, but... It was when I originally blocked the ball and just landed on it weird, but I think I had so much adrenaline going and I saw the ball was going towards the goal that my instinct was to just go tap it in. And then when I landed again, I just yeah had no power to put any weight on it, and that's why I just kind of collapsed after. And, yeah, it was hard to be, you know, happy about the goal, and obviously I, I could feel that it was going to be, you know, not a good injury. So people should take it a bit easier on the keeper because a lot of people <laughs> yeah, I, I even told him after because he was a bit worried, saying, like, oh, did I do it, whatever. But it wasn't his fault, I promise. So you're obviously off to a great start this season as the Norwich City number nine, three goals and assists in four games, and the team is unbeaten. Um, obviously it's disappointing for that to be interrupted, but a lot was going well and a lot to look forward to on the other side of this injury. How are you feeling about how you're playing and how the team is looking? Yeah, I think... You know, even throughout preseason, the team has been very strong. I think not only our football, but, you know, the togetherness of the team as well um, has been, you know, a big part of our identity. And, yeah, it's an overall feeling in the club that we have a very good chance of going up this season. So your first season as the nine here, Puki was a club legend, a very intelligent and dangerous striker. How did playing alongside him influence your development? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a very, you know, experienced striker. Um, there was a lot to, you know, talk to him about and learn from him. I think he wasn't, you know, the most vocal guy and coming up to me and trying to teach me things, but just watching him in training and in games, kind of seeing the movements that he makes um, made a big impact on, you know, how I see the game. So how would you describe your relationship with him? Like, was it obviously eventually, you know, you were eyeing that, that striker spot. Was it, um, like, was it constructive or was it, uh, what was that like in training every day with him? Oh, it was good. He, he was a great guy, never caused any problems, you know, so it was, uh, it was very easy to get along with him. So understanding you might not want to give the exact numbers here, but do you 
uh, or the staff set targets for goal production in a, in a season. And if things aren't going as well as you hope in terms of goals and assists, do, do you guys look at other numbers? You know, do you look at analytics to provide confidence that you're doing the right things, even if the goals aren't coming? Yeah, I think. You know, it's hard because obviously any striker is going to be judged by the goals he scores. Um, but, you know, we, we've been speaking a lot. You know, I have a mental guy that I speak with. I have the coaches on the team, obviously. And if I'm doing the right things to put myself in the scoring positions and creating chances, I think, you know, good things will come after that. And so far, you know, obviously the team has been playing really good football. We've been creating a lot of chances and, yeah, I've been able to score a few already this season. So, you know, hopefully when I get back, I can continue doing that. Did you have the, when when did, you mentioned the mental guy, when did that start? Did you have that at Bremen as well? And how did that start? And and talk me through what what you thought about that, uh, that process. Yeah, so just... Being young, going to Germany, you know, on my own isn't the easiest thing to do. Um, found myself on social media too much, caring a lot about what other people were saying, thinking, and just really wasn't myself. I would say wasn't very focused on the game, more about what people were thinking about me. And I thought that was a big area where I needed improvement. And so far it's been, you know, huge for me, I'd say. And, yeah, we kind of just came up with this model where instead of being so so goal-oriented on just, oh, I need to score, I need to score, you know, what are little things I can do throughout the game to get me to score the goals, if, you, if that makes sense. So just whether it's make X amount of runs in behind the back line or take at least three shots, you know, or try to take a guy on two times, whatever it is, you know, those are just random examples, but just, yeah, setting little goals to eventually get to that big goal of scoring. Uh, Are you aware of expected goals throughout the season, and how do you feel about expected goals and and that analytics piece in general? Uh, To be honest, I don't look at it too much, you know, um, try not to focus too much on statistics and whatnot. They, They can be good, don't get me wrong, but they can also be misleading at times. Did you intentionally add bulk to improve aspects of your game? Like you've added mass and you seem to have become a more physical player. Was that intentional or was that just naturally how you think things developed in terms of your body and nutrition? No, I definitely noticed coming to England, you know, it's a more physical league. And, you know, starting in the prime right away, the guys are some of the most athletic, strongest guys you'll come against. So I definitely saw it as an area that I could improve in. Um, I remember I got, you know, a small injury at one point. I think it was an ankle injury, actually. And, yeah, I texted the, um, the athletic trainer right away, and I was like, all right, let's use this time to try to add some weight on and try to, you know, get more improvement in that area. And, yeah, I think it's helped my game. Talk us through, like, what changed with your, your diet and then eventually with, with the lifting. Um... Yeah, I mean, right when I got here, we had a nutritionist right away, which was a bit different from Germany. Um, so that helped me, you know, learn a lot. And I think each year, you know, you kind of learn more and more about your own body, you know, what works for you, what doesn't. And, yeah, I feel like I'm at a good place right now where I I have a good feeling what works for me and what doesn't. You excelled as a striker at the youth national team level. Um, then in your time as a pro, you didn't always play center forward. How has your time as a winger, like a wider forward, 
um, helped you think differently about the striker goal and helped with with your game as a striker? To be honest, I don't know if it it's helped me in the striker role. I think it's definitely you know made me learn a new position, which can always be beneficial. But you know, it was never my goal to play winger. I wasn't always the happiest playing on the wing. To be honest, it was kind of just one of those where I was a young guy. Um, I had the opportunity to play winger a little bit in Bremen you know we were fighting relegation and it's it's what the team was asking for I come here to England and you know we have a striker like Timu where I know I'm not going to start right in front of him you know I was asked to play on the wing in the Prem which isn't the easiest thing to do when you're defending a lot of the time as well and yeah I think you everybody could see it wasn't you know my most natural and most comfortable position to be in so you know as as much as you know, I liked playing and getting the experience, which I'll never regret. You know, it was a bit you know frustrating as well at the same time because I know I'm most beneficial, you know, at the striker for myself and for the team. What's that conversation like with the manager and/or the club when you're a young player and you feel like you know, you're not playing the position you're meant to be? Like, how do you, does it did it depend on the situation? How do you express yourself in that situation? Yeah, I don't know if there's much you can say, to be honest. You know, as a young guy, you can't go into a, the office and be like, I want to play in front of Timu. Like, it's not how it works. You're a young guy. He's an experienced striker scoring goals. And you just kind of, in my opinion, you just put your head down and you work hard, you know, whatever you're asked to do. But with, with Norwich, was do you think things have gone more or less according to plan in terms of the timeline for you to get to the nine spot? Like, did you understand this was what you were you were signing up for? Um, well, I'll say one thing, you know, David Wagner coming into the club, he's expressed right away that he believes I'm a striker and I won't be playing on the wing anymore. And so obviously when a manager comes in and says that, it's kind of like a weight off your shoulders, like finally I'm going to be able to, you know, get that experience in a position that I want to be playing for the rest of my career. So that was, uh, yeah, that was a very refreshing thing to hear when he came into the club. Is there anything you feel you need to work on to differentiate yourself from the other American strikers? There's a pretty fierce competition at that spot now, and it seems like for the foreseeable future. Yeah, there's obviously you know a lot of a lot of strikers that are doing really well at the moment. Um, I'm still very young, still have a lot of things I need to improve in, obviously, and I think you know I know the qualities that I have, and it's just getting game time getting you know more and more experience and just sharpening up those skills if there's one or two things you could pinpoint that you're trying to improve on this season what, what would it be i was very happy with you know scoring 13 goals last season but i want to become even more clinical i want to score more goals um and i think another thing that i've already improved on at the start of this season is being more of a progressive number nine so when I'm dropping into that space, you know, turning and playing balls in behind and setting up other guys, not just myself, for chances. And I think, yeah, since I've started to focus on that, I've gotten better and better at it. What was it like having a baby in the middle of the 2021-22 season? Huge life event, obviously, for you and your wife. Um, how did you manage juggling being a new father with the tough Prem campaign? Yeah, I know it sounds weird because I'm very young, but 
I've always been a very family-oriented guy, and I've been with my now wife since we were 14 years old, you know, um, and it's it's always been a goal of mine to have a kid young, and so for me, it was just something I was always looking forward to, and yeah, 100% the most amazing thing that's happened to me. Were you able to get enough sleep? <laughs> Luckily, she was a very good sleeper from the beginning. Um, people were amazed, you know, when we're telling them she she was sleeping 11, 12 hours through the night right away. Like, and so I was like, wow, we can have as many kids as we want if it's like this the whole time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we got really lucky. Uh, so she's about one and a half now, right? Uh, is she getting a lot of touches on the ball in your living room? How's her development coming along? Yeah, she's just started uh, kicking the ball around a little bit. Um, she actually, my wife says she enjoys watching the games and cheering on her dad. And, uh, yeah, we probably two weeks ago ordered her a ball and a little net for the living room, and she's been uh, shooting a little bit in that, so she has fun with it. <laughs> Did your wife play as well? Yeah, so she played throughout high school and was going to play, I think, D2 in college, but that's when she decided to move over to Germany with myself, yeah. So the genes are, the genes are there, wow, okay. No pressure. <laughs> um, so tell me about how you balance parenting and playing professionally in terms of, like, how has that been received by the club, the manager, others during your, uh, during your career? Was that, was that an adjustment? I think the club has been very understanding that family comes first you know luckily we haven't had any serious problems where I've had to put you know the baby first before the team but yeah it's been it's been amazing so far everything has gone very smoothly and I think the biggest thing is having a baby like that just kind of puts a perspective on things and makes you you know not so stressed about things you know football in particular that you would have been before having the baby it seems striker more than any other spot over the last couple of years has been the most fluid uh for you from not being in camp to starting games or from starting games to no call up for a year that in addition to the nature of the position um seems to put added pressure on a striker to be at their best every single week could you tell us about that type of week-to-week pressure to perform in the run-up to the World Cup, like basically every week while you were battling nearly five to six other guys for two to three spots on one roster. What was, take us back to that, that window, and what was that like? Yeah, tough, (laughs) tough, obviously. You know, I think for any player, that's your dream of playing in a World Cup. And yeah, it was, it was a weird road for myself, you know, not going to camp for a year or so before, and I think going to the last camp before the World Cup, and that that camp came in at half, second half against Japan, and then didn't even play the next game. So really didn't know what to think about that. Didn't know if I did well or did bad. Wasn't really told. And, yeah, I guess I was just talking to myself, saying, you know, if I do the right things here at Norwich, you know, if I do all the things that I can, then then I should get called up. And... You know, I was I was playing on the wing the first couple of games, didn't do well, didn't even start, I think, the third or fourth game, which obviously wasn't the ideal start for myself. And then Timu got injured and was able to play striker. And, yeah, I think made the most of my opportunity, was able to score goals and had really good momentum going into the World Cup.
how much communication was there with the national team staff in that period, like between the last that last camp in the fall and then uh, up until you know the roster was released? I'd say just about none. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was obviously a very stressful time for them as well. You know, they had very big decisions to make, and yeah, I think they were just hard at work trying to figure out what they were going to do. So you make the roster. Um, tell us about the World Cup experience, the expectations versus the reality of how it went for yourself as well as the team. Uh, you played quite well against Iran, but then got hurt and can go against the Netherlands. Uh, walk us through all that, if you would, on the field and off the field, uh, Cutter. Yeah, off the field, everything was amazing. It was a perfect setup for us at the hotel. Um, all the guys, you know, meshed really well and it was a very good time obviously you know like I said it's it's what any player dreams of but at the same time we know we had a job to do and I think everybody did a really good job I think the team played really well and gave people you know a lot to look forward to um yeah I was obviously very unlucky to have a ankle injury at the end of that game because obviously I wish you know I could have gone on and played against Netherlands but you know, those type of things happen. Uh, you gave it a go in training, right, before the Netherlands game? Like, how far off do you think you were from being able to play in that game? I'm not really sure. Um, I think, you know, maybe another couple weeks, to be honest. I wasn't ready for it. Even when I got back to England, I played Swansea on the weekend and was feeling it all throughout that game. And for another couple months, honestly, it was still, you know, annoying me so probably rushed back a bit too soon yeah is that the same uh injury as is as you're dealing with now is that the same yeah so yeah i dealt with my left ankle a little bit before and yeah this right one is the same one from the world cup so definitely something i have to start you know looking into and taking a lot more care of can you tell us about the specific instructions you were given by greg at the world cup what were the in, in general and then how do they differ from game to game? What were you focused on doing for the team? Yeah, overall we have or you know, had an identity of how we wanted to play. We wanted to be a very energetic team, um offensively and defensively. So defensively I needed to have a high work rate, you know, be able to press and take care of that side of the game, but offensively be able to drop down into the pockets and get on the ball and hold the ball up for the team. And you know, I was able to do that for the first goal. We scored against Wales. And then against Iran, I thought I, I did a really good job of my hold-up play. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get you know many opportunities, but you know, played played the role that I was asked to play. Were you confident the whole time against Iran that the goal was going to come, the goals were going to come in that game? For myself, you mean, or for the team? Just in general, because obviously the way the game was going to go was clear early on, and you obviously did your part to set the team up. Um, were you guys confident, like, we're going to get the goal and, and we're going to be fine? I mean, you never know in World Cup, right? I mean, crazy things happen, but I think, yeah, there's an overall feeling. You know, we are playing good football. We are all, um, you know, on top of our game. Obviously, Christian got that goal at the beginning. Unfortunately, got injured, but that that put us in a really good place where, you know, kind of 
took that pressure off to score the goal, and then after that could just relax and play our football. Uh, what do you remember about the atmosphere from that game? It seemed pretty nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember going out for warm-up, actually, and just all the the horns they were blowing and all, you know, the whistling, screaming, whatever it was. It was so loud, but... Um, for some reason, you know, I felt really calm in that moment just because I think I was, you know, very excited at the same time. What are your goals for the rest of this cycle for both club and country? Where do you and where do you want to be heading into that 2026 World Cup? I mean, I want to get back from this injury as soon as possible now and continue to do what I did at the start of the season. Um, I want to really, you know, establish myself as. As one of the nines in this cycle, I want to keep scoring goals. I want to keep, you know, providing for my team. Hopefully by the end of the season, I can say that, you know, I helped get the team promoted to the prime again. And, yeah, I just want to be, you know, I think for anybody, any of us, we want to um, make it to where it's not a question whether we're going into camp or not. Is there? Did you support a specific club growing up? Is there a dream club you want to be the nine for down the line? Not, not really. To be honest, when I was younger, to watch football bored me. <laughs> to be honest, um, I remember I yeah I just wasn't that into it. I played a lot of sports growing up, and uh, yeah, I didn't didn't really have a specific team. <laughs> uh, tell us about the other sports you played, and uh, which ones did you enjoy watching? Who who were your teams? Um, I mean, in St. Louis, we had the Cardinals for baseball and the Blues and hockey. I played both of those sports. I loved basketball. Didn't watch too much of it, but that was probably, you know, my second favorite sport playing growing up. And, uh, yeah, probably just going to Blues games. The Rams we had when I was younger in the NFL, but they obviously moved out to, yeah, obviously moved out to LA now. But, uh, yeah, just my hometown teams I liked watching a lot. When did you uh, stop playing those other sports and focus on on football? So, yeah, kind of when I was young, young, maybe like 8 to, what, 11, 12, that's when I really started playing all kinds of sports at the same time, basketball, baseball, hockey. And, you know, my dad kept telling me, you're going to have to start narrowing it down. Like, what do you want to play? Like, okay, okay. So each year I kind of, you know, cut one off. And eventually, I think, yeah, freshman year of high school, I played basketball and was obviously playing soccer as well. And, yeah, he was like, all right, this is it. Like, what are you going to decide? And I just saw myself going a lot further in soccer than basketball. So, yeah. So if it wasn't soccer, you think you could have gone the furthest in, in basketball out of the other sports? didn't say that. I enjoyed it the most. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could go that far. Not that tall. But, uh, um yeah, I don't know. I th- I like to think I'm a very athletic guy, and uh, I'm really not sure what sport I would have played, but I always saw myself being a professional athlete, you know, growing up. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of other sports, golf seems like a big deal with the team. Um, where do you rank yourself in terms of golf? Up there. Up there with the top guys. I, I haven't been in a while, actually, but... Yeah, just thinking of all the guys that played, I'd like to think I'm top five. Hopefully the other guys would agree with that, but uh, yeah, I know a lot more guys are taking it more seriously now. (laughs) So I think it's clearly established that Walker and Christian are, are at the top. 
Um, Scally also said he's top five. If Scully's top five, then I'm 100% in the top five. <laughs> he likes to think he's a lot better than he is, though. You can tell him that. Wow, shots fired. Okay. Um, so, who do you hang out with during your downtime in, in national team camps? Uh, I would say probably Gio and Joe the most. Yeah. yeah. And uh, has your is your daughter? She's in camp with you now. Uh, Regularly, your your wife and your daughter. What's that? What's that like? I know some of the other guys bring their um, families into camp. Well, haven't even been into camp since the World Cup, obviously with my injuries and whatnot. So, uh, trying to get back there first, <laughs> and then we'll see. Uh, it's obviously you know a good option for them to come with me now. So uh, yeah, we'll have to see next time that comes up. Yeah, I guess it wasn't that many before uh, while she's been born, right? The uh, the national team. So. Uh, Oh, this is a throwback. So, <laughs> you once argued with Cam, Tyler, and Eric Palmer Brown about <laughs> whether you were fast. Uh, is this an ongoing argument? Like, what's the verdict? It hasn't been. We we brought it up once or twice since then. I think um, it'd be a good race. I'd love to find out now. I'm not sure. Really, it's been a while. <laughs> We think you're pretty fast, for the record. Your accelerations, yeah, I think that's underrated. What would you say is your hometown? Is it St. Louis, or because you're from O'Fallon, right? Uh, so what do you, what would you consider your hometown versus what you tell people? <laughs> yeah, my hometown is O'Fallon, but I tell everybody St. Louis because that's you know the biggest city there. If I say O'Fallon, they won't know where the hell that is. <laughs> What's O'Fallon like? Like it's just like a chill suburb, or? Yeah, just quiet suburb, not a lot going on. To be honest, the most fun thing you can do is go to the mall, meet up with some friends. So <laughs> not the most exciting place, but, you know, it's home. Uh, what's the best place for ribs in St. Louis or, or in your, your area? What's the name? I'm going to have to look it up. It's downtown. I can imagine the place in my head, but I can't remember the name, so I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah, ask uh, Tim. Tim might be able to help Yeah, Tim will definitely be able to help out. I feel like he'd, he'd have that knowledge in him. So, St. Louis has been an amazing story in MLS this year. Uh, you're still a young striker finding your way in Europe, uh, but could you see yourself down the road playing for your new hometown club? Have you thought about that, or do you get asked about that when you when you visit? I do get asked about that. Even my friends already are texting me, you know, from college or whatnot. And, oh, are you going to play? Are you going to come play for us? <laughs> like, not yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 100% something I'd love to do down the line. Uh, what else do you do off the field when you're not busy being a father? Anything the fans might not know about you and your interests that uh, that you like to share? What, what else do you have time for between football and, and being a father? don't have a lot of time, to be honest, but when I do have time... I honestly try to go golf, so it's not anything new. I'm sure all the other guys have the same answers. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just a nice thing for me to do. It's competitive, but it gets my mind off things. You're, you know, in nature, and, yeah, it's just a lot a lot of fun for me. Josh, thanks so much for coming on the pod today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.